Hello, and welcome to this week's State Hornet News Podcast. I'm Will Coburn, your podcast editor. This week, Managing Editor Corey Jane sat down with former ASI President Noel Mora about AB 59, a bill he testified in support of that will expand voting access to college students by encouraging counties to have vote centers on college campuses, as well as the importance of civic engagement. Here's Corey and Noel. Um, so to go back a little bit, to give a little bit of background on vote centers, you know, they're an alternative introduced under the 2016 Voters' Choice Act, um, which basically allows counties to opt into using vote centers. And the vote centers allow any county resident to go into any vote center and vote, and they also have additional resources that you would normally be found at the county registrar's office, like same-day voting and um, translated ballots. Take me back a little bit. Um, how, how did the idea of bringing a vote center to campus first come about? So my understanding is, uh, uh, again, a number of, in, of really interested individuals um, Nikki Crowley from Student Organizations and Leadership, and of course Nathan Dietrich from the um, Public Affairs Office, really took the initiative to be those liaisons with the county, Sacramento County's Office of Elections. But what was, I think, ultimately um, a deal sealer was bringing in students to um, express that same interest, and you know. Uh, maybe not working directly with the logistics, but working with getting other students excited. All those different parts of the university came together to um, to make it happen here. And you're right; it off it's it's such a different model uh, compared to you know the traditional model of voting. And I think that just adds to the uh, will you know willingness and the buy-in to to try to adopt it is you're going to have uh more accessibility you're um, both in you know um, people who are differently abled and with language access and you know living in a state with so many different um with such language diversity that language access becomes really key with younger voters having same-day registration is probably you know, I, I'll, I, I'll say it's uh, most likely the, the, the biggest uh, game changer out of all of the different s- services that are now being um, added is you can register on election day or the days bef- leading up to that. Most vote centers are going to be open at anywhere from 11 days to four days. And any one of the within any part of that time period you can still register to vote even if you miss the official um, statewide registration deadline so what does that do for you know particularly the 18 to 24 um, age range of voters it provides that last you know um, just entryway into participating in our democracy it's um, opening the doors for voting access rather than restricting it. So it, it definitely, I think, um, we, because it's so new, we have yet to really look at all of the data, but observationally, 
I think you can tell that it's it's helping to increase um, young voter turnout. Okay. Um, Assembly member asked cholera. Um, the author of the bill, when I talked to him, he said that Sac State really helped pass AB 59 because it set a real-world example um, for the bill and what the bill would do, and that really stands out compared to most other bills where really you're working in the realms of, in theory, this is what will it do. And as part of being able to set that example, you testified twice before the California State Legislator Spot of AB 59. Can you just talk a little bit about your experience with that, how it came about, and how you felt, you know, in front of the assembly and senate? So I'll be honest with you, it was really a lot of fun. And I think it it was more exciting than, you know, nerve-wracking because we knew what we were talking about. I knew that what I was going to to bring to those to the legislators was um, something really kind of special without any filter, without any, um, you know, anything else other than this is everything that happened in a nutshell. And, you know, they were overwhelmed. They just ultimately ended up um, having no other expression or reaction other than, wow, this is this has proven to obviously have the results that it's intending to have and the theory becomes practice and as a pilot what you really want to do is make sure that the model can be replicated you want to make sure that um, others want to adopt the model which is why we we decided to go all out a new york times piece came out this morning really discussing how around the nation laws are being put in place to make it harder for students to vote by you know, removing polling places from campuses, by um, saying out-of-state students can't register to vote in-state, by saying student IDs don't meet the requirement for um, you know, voter ID laws. Um, really, why is it important, in your opinion, for students to be able to vote easily and have access to a voting location on campus it's recognizing you know just that our democracy becomes more representative when you allow people to participate and i honestly think the only reason that you wouldn't want people to participate is if you want to make that democracy less representative just you mentioned voter id laws yeah this this is just a little tidbit that I think is, at least in California, mm-hmm. um, you know, the only time that anyone will be asked to present an I, uh, some kind of a form of ID will be, I believe, um, if they if you didn't mark your one of the two required um, um, sort of ways to identify you in your initial registration right. as a voter. So your social security number or your, um, dri- you know, driver's license number. And even then, it's a lot more, a lot rarer than in other states when that's going to be asked. But ultimately, you know, for uh, not being an expert in how other state elections work, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that people, uh, you want to make sure that you 
do everything that you can at the registration stage and before people get to the ballot box to provide those um, those pieces of information. Um, I can't stress enough how important the educational part of of civic engagement is, even as much as the outreach, because you don't want people to, you know, even for our vote center, get there the day of and realize that, um, you know, they could have filled out a vote by mail ballot and yeah. really had could have skipped all of it. You know, and they might not want to. They might want to be part of the, you know, going physically to a place, but but. In, in, in other places in our country right now, we're seeing um, sort of an active intent on preventing edu voter education. Not just voter registration, not just voter participation, but voter education itself. And that's often, I think, kind of left to the side, is giving people the information that they're going to need to, to then you know, go forth and, and do good. Yeah, considering the line for the vote center last year was definitely, you know, down the hallway, out the door for the entire day. You know, I'm sure some people would definitely have liked to know they could have just dropped off the ballot there. Um, That's something that everyone's working on across across all the college vote centers, I think, is how do you how do you let students and everyone else that's part of a campus community know that you that you know, there there are so many ways to vote early, so many ways to, um, you know, to vote even remotely, and and hopefully make sure that those lines are still, um, you know, moving to exactly. get to get people through. Exactly. Um, one question I wanted to add, which is a little off topic, but I do know last night or yesterday you testified. Um, against the additional year of high school math to um, be able to get into the CSU. Could you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the CSU Chancellor's Office proposed and is proposing still uh, to, the, to date adding a um, quantitative reasoning course requirement that's referred to as fourth year math, but it can be um, statistics, it can be computer science, it can be uh, critical thinking in, in some sort of quantitative way. And the, I, to connect it kind of back to what we're talking about with civic participation, yeah. it's really, you know, I ran from, uh, from, from work to make sure I could make public comment yeah. just to share that with the legislators that we have to recognize um, that students have different learning styles and different learning strengths. And throwing around different terms like underprepared is almost kind of harmful to, to students and their you know, academic confidence and their academic outlook. Um, what I shared with them is having retaken Algebra 2 in 12th grade, which maybe other people can relate to, and can, and definitely. and and being accepted to the into Sac State, you know the CSU system, uh, you could almost say barely, kind of barely making that cutoff mark. Mm -hmm. It really struck a personal chord with me to to hear the terms such as underprepared because you um, 
you know, if you really wanted to incorporate more quantitative reasoning and critical thinking, uh, it, it doesn't seem, you know, impactful to tag that along at the very tail end of someone's K through 12 career, you know, rather than in interweaving it throughout the in, their entire uh, time there. You, we know that they're teaching elementary students coding in some places, you know, exactly. so, and I'm, and I'm not proposing that we go backwards. I'm simply saying you can look at the statement from the official student statewide um, representative body, the right. Cal State Student Association. They're saying they're, the argument is, um, is weak in a lot of areas, um, right. especially when it comes to collaborating with the K through 12 system that's ultimately going to have to implement this. But my... My testimony was, uh, or public comment, not testimony, but my pu my public comment is was really just my story, and that's sometimes all you can really do is just share your story. You don't have to back your story up with numbers or figures. It's your story, uh, and and everyone can do that. You know, regardless of whether you're a voter or not. Things like that. Things like outreaching for the census, um, civic engagement is more than than voting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, I can definitely identify with, it wasn't for me, for me, it wasn't Algebra 2, it was, I failed my first year of Algebra 1, my freshman year, but still, I only was able to pass those three years of math class. So I think saying, oh, these students are underprepared, you know, like you're saying, that's not fair to people like you who, correct me if I'm wrong, you're an honor student here at Sac State. Um, you were a you you were the ASI president, and now you're a grad student. So I don't think it's fair to say that you were an underprepared student when you succeeded so much at here at Sac State. Yeah, see, it all interrelates at the end. To mm -hmm. again, it's it's all one big civic en engagement umbrella. But I don't think I have anything else to add. I think I've spilled everything that is in my mind um, onto. Your podcast, so okay. that's it for me. Yep, sounds great. Thank you so much for coming in. In other news this week, Governor Gavin Newsom signed AB 48, an education bond that will need to be approved by voters next March. Sac State has said they will use the additional funds from the bond to replace Santa Clara Hall with a new engineering and computer science building. And the well at Sac State has reported what they called an unusually high number of break-ins in the mail locker rooms from October 15th through October 17th. Sac State said they believe the thieves observe students inputting their locker combinations before doing a clean break-in. And in each case of credit card theft, fraudulent purchases were made with the stolen cards, police said. And two male suspects were caught on surveillance camera leaving the Arden Fair Mall after making fraudulent purchases with stolen cards. Sac State police recommend that students keep an eye out when at the well and to make sure that no one is standing behind you when inputting a longer combination and to pay close attention to your surroundings. And in an update to the cease and desist order issued to Stinger Esports, the violations the club performed were in relation to membership registration and election procedures according to a PDF from student organizations and leadership. Stinger Esports was not registering members through the Hornet Hub system and counted a large number of members who were not Sacramento State students. You can read more about these violations and Stinger Esports' response to them at statehornet.com. 
Thank you for listening to this week's State Hornet News Podcast. See you next week.